let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. I just thank you for such an awesome worship time. And we just, we love your presence. That's what we're after. We're after you. We want to see your face. It's the Exodus 33, 11 prayer, Lord, that you would speak to us face to face as a man speaks with his friend. We want to be that close. Lord, Moses had an inferior covenant, and he talked with you face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Lord, we just thank you that through the cross, through what Jesus, you did, we have a greater covenant that we can know you in even a greater measure than Moses did. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and just minister to us as we're hanging out. And uh, just help me to express your heart and what you have for us this morning in Jesus' name. All right. So, um, how many guys were here, oh gosh, was that two weeks ago? We talked about, um, well, wait, let me ask. Do you guys remember what we talked about? <laughs> the pop quiz. Anybody remember? Man, it must have been really good. <laughs> what? Speaking in tongues, that was part of it, yeah. Yes, thank you, Joel. Sowing into another person's promise, right? Do you guys remember what's talking about that? He takes no. <laughs> you know, and how when we sow into one another's promise that we reap our own purpose and promise of our own life, right? You guys remember talking about that? And how the Lord, he wants us to have a heart for one another and for each other's promise and purpose for each other's life, that he's strengthening our nets in this one way. In many ways he's doing it, but in this one way, this is what the body is supposed to look like where we actually care about one another and we care about seeing each other walk in the fullness of our calling and purposes, not just our own, but where we have a kingdom mindset, right? Where it's not just us, it's his body, it's his kingdom, right? So, you know, we talked about how the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, when they fought, they had already had their promised land, right? It was on um, the other side of the Jordan. And then Moses told them, hey, you can't walk in your purpose, basically. You can't walk in the promise of God until you go cross over with your brothers and you fight and they are established in their purpose and in their promise. Do you guys remember that? That's his heart. That's what he wants us to do and wants us to operate because so much, so many times we're just like uh, tempted to just kind of get inward focus on in our own little like bubble of life, right? Our family, um, our own work, job, calling, purpose. And, um, and really it robs us when we live that way. Did you know that? You actually rob from yourself when you live in a place of like small, compartmentalized, um, self-focus. Because there's a reward when you sow into one another's life. You actually re reap the same thing you're sowing, 
right? So you reap you walking in a higher purpose and a higher uh, place and what God's called you to do when you sow and when you lay down your life for other people's purpose and calling in their life. Does that make sense? Okay. So how many of you guys did the homework? Has, has the Lord been highlighting anybody in your circle that he's wanting you to help midwife the promises of God in their life? Is anybody getting the Holy Spirit speaking to you guys about anybody? Is, is he highlighting anybody? This is kind of a rhetorical question, but it's not. Yeah. So I encourage you guys, keep going after this. Keep identifying these, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to identify these people in your life and target them in intercessory, prophetic intercession, right? To see the promises of God birthed in their life, and then in turn, it will come in yours, okay? So I want to build a little bit on that. I feel like the Lord wants to talk a little bit more, but on a different level, okay? Um, I feel like he's, he wants to talk to us uh, specifically today about sowing into the more corporate body through prophetic intercession, sowing into the purposes of God for, for our corporate body, for our us here, the church here, right? Not this building, but the people here. You know, God has spoken. We've been a church since 2000, I think officially since 2004, Right, so we've been here. I think a little bit longer. I don't know. Lonnie can correct me on the dates and times. He's been here from the inception, um, but uh, we've been here for for a while, a good while here now. And uh, we've we've literally probably had hundreds of people come through our church. Um, and you know, at first I was kind of discouraged about it because it seemed like we never really could grow numerically. You know, I had this idea of. Uh, church, successful church ministry in my mind, and the Holy Spirit completely wrecked that. And um, he said, Paul, like, you're an equipping center. This body is an equipping center. You're supposed to equip, train, and send out, and then you don't see him again. And that's exactly what's happened over the years. Now, some people have left because of offenses. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, but over the years, we've seen many people equipped and trained in the things of the Spirit and then sent out. They're also, all of a sudden, there's like, we're moving. I'm like, what? You just got here. <laughs> what? We just saw God start really moving in your life. You're leaving? I mean, that has happened over and over and over again. So anyway, so the Lord has purposes that he's established for our church as a body. And it is... And, and guess what? It's not just for like Travis and Josh and Lonnie and me. It's not just for the, like the leadership team. It's for all of us. And all of you are here. Well, I shouldn't say all, but most of you guys are here. It's not an accident that you're here. That God wants you to be connected to this body here in morning at Wilmington, you know, at this church. Because he wants you to be part of those same purposes that he's established even before Travis or myself were even here. Does that make sense? You're here for a purpose. 
God has a plan aside from our own agendas and our own what we think is really what God wants to do here. He's had a plan for our church since the foundation of the earth. And he's been slowly revealing it to us over the past, what, how many years has it been? Gosh, help me out with the math. 16, 17 years? And, um, and it's not an accident that you're here connected to this particular body or this part of the body, right? And um, so all that to say, um, you guys, myself included, all of us, should be pursuing these purposes of God. It should be high on our priority list because really this life is but a vapor. We're only here for such a short amount of time. Let's take advantage of the time that has been given to us and really sow into the things that are going to be eternally beneficial. You know, all these things, right? You can't take a U-Haul with you to heaven, right? All these things that we're pursuing... They're really so temporal, but there is an eternal destiny on our life and on the purposes of this church, and I believe that the greater church in Wilmington, it's not just all about Morningstar, that God wants to do here in Wilmington at this present time in our lives. And, uh, you know, we, we quote that scripture all the time, you've been born for such a time as this kind of thing. I mean, but it's a reality. So... First off, we need to really understand what those purposes and what those promises of God are in our life in this church body, and we need to come alongside together and go after them, or we're never going to see them. I'm going to tell you straight up, we're not going to see them. You know, these promises are invitations from the Lord, and we can say no. And we say no by our actions, and we say yes by our actions as well. So I'm saying all that to encourage you guys, let's come alongside each other and let's go after these things, because when we see the purposes of God taking place in our body, guess what? You sow into one purpose, you're going to reap in your own. I'm telling you, if the things that God has promised for our body come to pass, I guarantee you the, the, your personal promises and purposes in your own life, they will be accomplished and they will go probably even higher than you could have ever imagined. So um, step one, we need to identify what those promises are. Now, Here's one thing that the Lord's been speaking to all of us over the past couple weeks and months. You know, that all of these promises, all of these purposes that we have for our body, they're not going to be accomplished in natural, by natural means. And what I mean by that is like it's not going to be by our might. It's not going to be about by our intelligence and our great project management skills, right, Joel? To, that we're going to see these things accomplished. Now, God can use all those things, but it's going to be accomplished by his spirit, right? You guys know the scripture, Zechariah 4, 6. He said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So these promises that God has for us, um, they're going to be accomplished 
by the Holy Spirit, by his spirit and power. All right. So first off, you know, these promises, we need to identify what they are. And, and just uh, I'm just going to read a couple of them, okay, over the years. Um, so first one, and you guys, we've talked about this a lot, that this body is called to be a place where his manifest presence is so present that there's rumor that Jesus is in the house, is in our house, right? Mark 2. Okay, we were singing about it this morning. That is a promise for our body. This is something that has been spoken to our body for years, over and over. People would come from out of town, and they would, I mean, I got a word from the Lord about your guys' place. and uh, We are called... And what does that actually look like? I think some of us don't really even have a grid for that, and I encourage you to to read uh, about past revivals and go to YouTube. I mean, uh, I've been watching this this one, uh, a, a couple videos on the Brownsville revival because they have it videotaped. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to watch than to read, right? So, I'm, but it's awesome because you watch the Brownsville revival. Anybody familiar with that? The, the revival. This happened in the '90s. Okay, Brownsville, Florida, where the Holy Spirit just shows up. And transforms like the whole place where millions of people are affected, where I believe over a million, maybe more, had came to know the Lord through this. This little church in Brownsville. Pensacola. What? Pensacola. Yeah, Pensacola, Brown you know. Brownsville's a town, I think. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the town though, isn't it? Anyway, doesn't matter. But where the presence of God showed up in such a way that they didn't need to have, like, great programs. They didn't need to have some sort of, like, radio show to, you know, promote. The presence of God was their church growth method. And I'm sorry, but that's the biblical model. Now, I'm not against, like, promoting, you know, stuff like, like you know, we can go to extremes here. But at the same time, our energy and our focus should be on this one thing. The one thing, right? That Jesus told Mary it would not be taken from her. So uh, so anyways, in Brownsville, so the, the, the Holy Spirit showed up on Father's Day. You know, God likes his, you know, this prophetic picture, right? Of Father's Day, he shows up in a sovereign move of God, where people were getting literally just blasted by the Holy Spirit in a good way, where their lives were being transformed, where the gospel message came with power, where conviction, where the spirit of conviction, Holy Spirit would come and bring conviction over whoever was in the hearing, and they were broken over their sin. And they came to know the Lord. They gave their life to the Lord through true, true repentance. We need this. God wants to do that here. And I'm going to scoot down a little bit. So we're also, there's a great catch coming. There is a move of the Holy Spirit greater than the Welsh revival that was spoken over uh, 
over our area from uh, Derek Prince back in the 1970s. That, that there would be such a great catch, that there would be such a move of the Holy Spirit that it would be greater than the Welsh Revival. And if you, I encourage you guys, if you are living in Wilmington and you're breathing and you're a believer, read up on the Welsh Revival. Know your history about this. How are we supposed to even pray for this thing if we don't even know what happened? But 100,000 people came to know the Lord in a year in this dinky little place in Wales. And it started off with just a small handful of people. I mean, I think it was like smaller than our Monday morning, I mean, Monday uh, night prayer meetings where the Holy Spirit showed up and completely transformed a nation, and it sparked the Azusa Street Revival and all this other kind of stuff, that is part of our destiny. That's part of your destiny if you are called to Wilmington and you're a believer, to be part of this thing. So I'm just trying to set it, give you guys a grid for the magnitude of the promise of God for this area and what we are called to be part of. It is just such an awesome privilege to think about, wow, God, you want to use us for this grade of a move of your Holy Spirit to transform Wilmington and beyond. So that's, the, that's another one. Okay, so we're also called to be a prophetic hub where the prophetic will operate on a very high level and where people are trained, equipped, discipled, and sent out where the prophetically gifted have a safe place to connect, to grow in their gifting. You know, there's been a promise over our body for a long time, too, that we are called to walk in healing on an awesome level. It's part of our calling, part of our, the promise of God for our little body here, that we would walk in supernatural healing on a level that, some of us have only dreamed about. Okay? We're also called in the area of worship, specifically in song, dance, art, to be released on a whole nother level. That has been spoken to us since our inception as a body. God's going to do something here in worship, in the area of worship, that's going to impact the body, the greater body. That's part of our DNA. Okay, so it's important to know all of these things. Because step one, man, I'm not going to get through a lot of this, but let's just try. All right. Step one is knowing and identifying the promises of God. Okay? And we're going to walk through a little bit of this. My gosh. We're going to walk a little bit of this. <laughs> we're going to try to get through what we can, all right? Um, there might be a part two to this, but this I've just been feeling such a fire from the Lord about this because it's it's like a what is that word? Chronos. It's like a very timely time. Does that make sense? A timely time, right? Like there is an urgency right now for us to walk and to get serious about the things of God for our life and for our, the greater body here. 
And um, so anyway, so if you got your Bibles, let's turn to Joshua. We're going to talk through this a little bit because, as you guys, a lot of you guys know, um, the Israelites' struggle for the promised land is a picture and it's a shadow for us to learn how to see in, uh, the promise and the purpose of God to come to pass in our lives, right? We all know that. You know, obviously we're not going to war, you know, with like real weapons and stuff like that to take our promise. But it's a picture. It's a shadow of the things that the body of Christ is is to operate in now, right? So step number one is we need to identify the purpose and the promise of God. Okay? So let's read in Joshua 1, 1 through 5. Now it came after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which your soul, the sole of your footsteps, I have given it to you just as I spoken to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert or abandon you. All right? So step one, identifying the promise, right? So what's the promise here? Land, right? Yeah, straight up. That's it. Land. This promised land is the promise, that it has spoken all the way, starting with Abraham, right? And it's been passed out for hundreds of years, over 400, maybe 500 years. I don't know how many. That's, it's been a while. So, <laughs> um, but this land, the promised land, is the promise. It's in, important for us to identify and to make a target of what the promise of God, the purpose of God is, and I'm talking about for us corporately as a body, Okay. Step one, you got to identify it. I know this sounds simple, but we, we hop around and, you know, some, some of us, our ADHD kicks in and we're like squirrel everywhere, you know what I mean? But we got to hone in, we got to identify simply what our promises are. And step number two, so obviously we're not... You know, I read all those promises, right, that God has over our body. We've seen tastes. We've tasted some of it. We've seen glimpses of it. You know, we've seen, um, but we're not walking in the fullness of all any of those promises. We really aren't. So, obviously, something is keeping us from where we are now to that promise, right? There's something blocking us from walking in that, stepping in that, for that to be truly manifesting in our reality, right? So step number two is identifying the block, okay? There were things that were blocking the Israelites from stepping into receiving their promise, right? What was, do you guys know, you guys should know this because we've learned it since Sunday school. What was the first block that kept them from receiving the promise once Joshua began to lead? What? The hidden idol. The hidden idol. <laughs> That's true. 
But what specifically? What was keeping them from taking? Remember what the promise is. The promise was land. They were currently not walking in their promise. They did not receive their promise yet. What was in the way? Giants. You guys are getting super spiritual. That's awesome. But like, <laughs> giants. But what was the first? What was the first one? No, 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 no. What was the first physical opposition block in their way? Jericho. There you go. That was the first thing. Okay? So identify your block. Identify what is blocking us from stepping into, from gaining this land, from stepping in the promise. It's Jericho, right? Jericho is right there across the Jordan, and it was stopping them from going any further. So it was the blocker, okay? So Joshua 2.1, they identified the block. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, sent two men and spies secretly from uh, Shittim and saying, go view the land. I've got to be careful how you say that. Especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and rested there. Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country. This is in verse 23. And they crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they reported to him all that had happened. So a whole bunch of stuff happened. If you don't know the story, please read it. But the, the, the point is, how do we identify the block? Okay, so they could, they could physically and naturally see this block, right? They saw this huge wall, right? Huge city with these huge walls with these giants living in it. How do we identify the block? Obviously, we're, we aren't battling against natural flesh and blood, right? We're not warring against any Jerichos in the natural, right? How do we, how do we identify what those blocks are? We see to watch. Yeah, yeah. But how? We have a lot of theories of how we do this, but how do we see what's going on? We don't battle against flesh and blood. What are we battling against? Principalities. Principalities. And where are they? Are they high places? Come on, you guys are getting too spiritual for me. Where are they, though? Can you see them? They're in the spirit. We can't see them. So how do we see them? How do we identify the blocks? You ask the Lord, that's right, and how does he show them to us? I know a lot of you guys know this, but I'm doing this on purpose because we need to kind of like get this together. Through dreams, prophetic words, things, Deborah, you said things would come over and over. Right, right. So you're seeing a pattern of things going wrong over and over again, and that is, or yeah, and it's something in the natural that's something spiritual manifesting in the natural that you're like, huh, there's something here. There's something blocking. But right. But that's, I mean, it's really that simple as we ask, God, why are we not seeing the Welsh revival, the, the revival greater than the Welsh revival here in Wilmington? What are the blocks? Reveal to us what the blocks are. Give us dreams. Give us visions. Obviously, we can't see them in the natural. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal them to us. 
that's where the prophetic part comes in with that prophetic intercessory, that churchy word we like to throw around a lot. It's simply seeing and being in relationship with the Holy Spirit because he knows, he can see everything. He knows exactly what is in our way from taking the promise. So we need his help to reveal it to us. Okay. And that was that picture of like um, kind of a shadow of Joshua sending out the two spies, right? They went out in the spirit. Think about this in the spirit. We are the, the 12 or the two spies, right? We don't be able to 12. We are the two spies. We should be asking, Lord, reveal to us what is holding us back corporately from walking into these purposes and the promises of God on our lives? This is for all of us. This isn't just for the intercessors. This isn't just for Travis and myself. It's all of us. God speaks. You're here for a reason. And I know I keep harping on that thing, but I'm feeling it right now even that some of you guys think, I don't, I don't hear from God. I don't, I, don't, I don't walk in that prophetic weird stuff, you know, that Travis and Paul do. Like, I'd, I try to hear from God, but I just don't. I'm telling you, you are believing a lie from the enemy if you're believing this. You are his sheep and you know his voice, right? John 10, 4. And he wants to speak to all of us. All of us have a peace to give. We need to be operating in this together as a body. This model of like the, the, the pastors doing everything, it needs to be crucified. <laughs> it seriously does. We do need leadership. We need the fivefold ministry operating, but we need the whole body be, to be doing the work of the ministry. So if you think that you're not qualified, if you think, ah, oh, man, I got too much junk in my life, I... Let me reassure you, it is not by your righteousness. It is not by your works, but it's by grace that you're able to hear his voice, how you are supposed to operate in the gifts and callings of God on your life. Man, if it was ever because of anything, we would never hear from God. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So the two, two spies, they go out, they get prophetic intel, they identify what the block is, and they come back with this report to Joshua, okay? And um, so, and I want to talk about this spot right here, okay? Some people get to these steps, right? They get to step one and step two. They identify the promise of God on their, their body, on their corporate body. And then they, they step two, they identify the blocks and then they get stuck there. And they get stuck there because there's a temptation to focus on what the enemy is doing and what the enemy, the block is and, and just get overwhelmed by it. There's always a, a temptation to stop here. Here's the other temptation. Let me start there. The other temptation that we'll feel is like, okay, we know what the block is. All right, guys, let's, let's get a plan together. You know, our, my, this, that's my natural, because I'm a project manager. My natural tendency is like, okay, let's make a plan. All right, we need some action here. We need to do step one, step two. And Victor knows this. He's, from, he's in the military. And he, <laughs> that's all they do, right? We identify the block. Okay, guys, let's put our heads together and try to figure this thing out. Let's fix this. I'm telling you, I, I have been in so many uh, prayer meetings where 
the carnal mind is ruling more than the spirit. And I'm not saying I'm saying that jokingly because I do the same thing sometimes because I'm naturally I just like I'm a guy. I guess I like to fix things, right? We got to fix this. There's a block. We got to fix it. Come on, we could do this. What if we did this? And we start trying to figure it out in our own brain and our own natural knowledge and our own even spiritual Christianese knowledge, right? If we do this, oh wait, remember when this happened and we did this? And I mean, we just try to logically try to figure this thing out. I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to waste your time trying to do that. And God, he's going to frustrate it. I'm telling you, he's going to frustrate it. Because he never meant for us to do this thing by ourselves. He is going to make us stay in relationship with him. If it means he frustrates the work of our hands. Does that make sense? What you think is a good idea to try to remove the block in the purposes of God it might not be God's idea. It probably isn't God's idea because God does some things. He does weird things. I'm just to be honest. He's, he's different than us, than our natural thinking. His ways, the Bible actually says, says that our natural mind think are foolish. Think about that. God's ways to the natural mind are foolish. Now, I would never say this to the Lord, obviously. <laughs> but I do say, Lord, man, you do some things weird. I just don't, you know, teach me your ways. I want to know you. Right? So, anyway, so we, um, that, we need to get past that. We need to get past trying to figure this thing out on our own. And we need to step into intimacy and relationship with the Holy Spirit and invite him to reveal to us his secrets, his strategy, his purposes, his plan, and walk in it. And that's harder for some of us than others, myself personally too. But after trudging through things for so long after a while i'm just like man forget this i'm done with this god i give up what what are we supposed to do i've tried everything you know let's not like let's not go that route let's just like completely remove that from the equation let's just go straight to intimacy okay holy spirit i see that you're showing me this is the block what is your plan to remove this block and then partner with him to get it removed, right? So number two, uh, the other temptation that we all, all of us fall into is we get focused on what the enemy's doing because the block is usually the enemy. Usually the enemy, he's throwing stuff in the way and, you know, in our path, and he's trying to block us from accomplishing what the purposes of God is on our life because he knows when we do, it's going to completely destroy and damage his kingdom, so he throws a bunch of these things in, and what we do is like we get focused on this, on the enemy and what he's doing, and, and man, this block is so huge. Like, what are we going to do? I just, you know, because that's the fruit of focusing on what the block is and what the enemy's doing. Discouragement, hopelessness, unbelief, all this stuff creeps in when you focus on what the enemy's doing. And if you don't believe me, Read your Bible. We know that, you know, Moses, he sent out originally the 12 spies. And what did they come back with? Did they see the blockage? Did they see the blocks in their path for the promise? Do you guys remember? Yeah. 
They said they were Nephilim. They were like people, these giants that were there, and they were like going to eat us like grasshoppers, you know, and that's my translation. They're going to eat our lunch, right? Except for, of course, Caleb and Joshua. So that was 40 years previous. So because they got stuck on the block, they got focused on what the enemy's doing, it actually disqualified them from entering into the promise. It took 40 years for them to get a second try. So when, the, when we, we identify the block, and a lot of intercessors, I'm going to be honest, a lot of you intercessors out there, you, you do this. You get, you get real militants like, oh, the enemy, I see the block. We're going to go out. We're going to bind some demons, and we're going to go after strongholds and principalities. And, and you kind of get in this warring mode, which is awesome. But like when that energy and that focus is on the enemy, and try, it's, I'm telling you, it's actually flesh. You're like trying to do it in your own strength again. And you're going to fail. And the enemy's doing it on purpose because he wants to wear you out. So you give up. All right. So let's see. So let's not do that. Let's just completely avert that. Let's stop focusing on the block. Now, obviously, we identify it. But let's focus on number three. Okay, number three is identify what the Lord is doing and partner with heaven. Okay? So, Judah, this is your cue. <laughs> so I'm going to keep these up on the, on the, look at that, high tech. We got some PowerPoint going on in this place. <laughs> so number three, identify what the Lord is doing and partner with heaven. So Joshua 6.2, this is the next step. So, but the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and the valiant warriors, and you shall march around the city, all the men of the wars circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when you make a, loud, a long blast from the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight ahead. So, now we, we've heard this story since, like I said, since like we were little kids in Sunday school. And I'll be honest, we have sanitized it or even kind of become very familiar with it where it doesn't really sometimes have the impact that it really did back then. If only we had fresh eyes to kind of see this and we hear this story for the first time. Because if you really think about it, this is a crazy plan. I mean, think about that. If you didn't know this story and you didn't know how it was going to end up, and you're Joshua, and you're getting this prophetically, you have an encounter with the Lord, and he's saying, Joshua, I want you to take the whole, your whole group of people, the, the warrior men, I want you to, to, to walk around this city one time for, for seven days. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times, and I want you to blast a trumpet, and then I want you to shout. Come on, put yourself in Joshua's shoes right there. I, if it were me, I'd be like, God, that's crazy. <laughs> this is weird. What are you talking about? Like, 
I mean, I've seen you do some crazy stuff with like the Red Sea and all this other stuff, but this is nuts. And um, you know what? I believe God did that on purpose. Well, obviously he did it on purpose, but he did it specifically because he wanted wanted to show them, hey, this isn't going to be by your might, by your strength, but it's going to be by my spirit. This is going to be something done in partnership, in relationship, having faith that I'm going to do what I told you I'm going to do if you step out and do this crazy thing that your brain right now, I'm telling you, I don't care who you are, Joshua's brain was telling him, this is crazy. This is nuts. But God, I I love you. I'm going to follow you. That was Joshua's heart. All right. So obviously, Joshua gets this prophetically. Right, he has an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord speaks to him, and he uh, and this is a picture for us to do the same thing. So, step three. So, we've got the promise, right? We know the promises are. We've identified them. Number two, we've identified what is blocking us, the Jericho, right? Number three, we need to see what is the Lord doing and what He wants us to do, and we need to partner with Him to see it come to pass. And we do that practically. Through prophetic intercession, by seeing what he's doing, by hearing what he wants us to do, and then partnering with him and actually targeting it in prayer. And so, obviously, you guys, unless you're like brand new to like the West and Christianity, you guys know what happened. They did it. And I mean, there's so much prophetic stuff going on there. We don't have time to even go touch it. But like the walls fell down, they took over, the block was removed, and they began to enter in the promises of God, and they took the land, okay? So this is the same way. We are, this, is, this same pattern is a biblical model for us to follow, and, it's, and sometimes we get like caught up on it being like, well, you know, there's no like kind of steps and rules for, you know, following God and all that. Like, yes, there is, but it's done the difference is it's done in relationship. It's done in intimacy. All, if you notice all three of these steps, they take intimate relationship with Jesus. You can't do any of these steps without having your time with the Lord and hearing and knowing his voice for yourself. So I just want to walk through a couple examples of these real quick and then we'll We'll shift gears, but um, is anybody familiar with the Argentinian revival in the 19, late 40s, early 50s? Yeah? Really? You know, oh, you, you, revival historian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> well, um, this is like such a like parallel story that I just, I knew the Holy Spirit wanted me to share about this. If you guys aren't familiar with it, It was a tremendous revival that took place starting in 1949 in Argentina. The Lord sends this American to Argentina to do mission work because he wanted to move, he wanted to uh, really move and transform Argentina. So he sends this American pastor, his name was R.E. Miller. And um, just like all of us, so, so he had the promise, right? Uh, R.E. Miller, he goes to Argentina in 1949, or actually a little, maybe a little bit earlier, and um, I'll have to check the date on that one. But he goes around that time, and he's trying to 
evangelize. He's trying to hold meetings. He's trying in his own, he was trying to like get this promise to come to pass. And he wore himself out. He was just tired. And he was seeing hardly any fruit. And he saw maybe a couple people come to the Lord, you know, this like trickling of some things. And it's like almost like the Lord was waiting for him to be like, okay, you done yet? <laughs> and um, and he, he finally got and he was done. And he just began to seek the Lord. He began to pray. Got in his quiet place with the Lord. And he began to pray and to seek the Lord. Lord, what is the block? What's the block here? And he would just spend hours just desperate for God to speak to him, to reveal to him. And then, um, so through this process, and, and this is part of the process, God does this for our good. He, he actually withholds the blessing of the promise for our good because he knows that like the promise can overwhelm us if we're not ready. So the process of pursuing him in intimacy, daily going after him, every day seeking his face, it is preparing, it is strengthening you to be, to be able to handle the blessing and the responsibility of the promise. So sometimes we kind of kick against it instead of like enjoy it. I feel like the Lord is saying, enjoy this process. You're getting to know me. You can't see everything in the spirit, what's going on in your life when you're pursuing me on a consistent daily basis in my word, in, my, in the intimate secret place. You have no idea what is being built up inside of you because it's hard to see in the spirit. <laughs> but something is, and it's going to enable you to actually carry and to be able to like be a, a, a blessing with the promise of God when it comes to pass in your life. Instead of just it spilling out everywhere and it destroying you and your family. <laughs> so let's enjoy this process of, his, of him preparing us for it. But let's actually be preparing for it. <laughs> so um, so Ari Miller, he's praying, he's seeking the Lord. The Lord speaks to him finally. Well, he speaks to him through his whole process, but he gives him a very clear thing of something that was blocking. And, um, and he basically says, you need to start, the reason, the blockage on here, he doesn't get into like what the actual specific thing was, but he said, uh, basically shows him that you need to start having a prayer meeting at your church every day, invite people to come, and just keep praying. So he's like, okay, Lord. So he starts this prayer meeting, and um, uh, like, let me see here. Yeah, three people show up. <laughs> so three people show up to this prayer meeting, other than him and his wife. So there's five people. Now, think about this. Like, think about this number. There were five of them. There were five people. So they begin praying. He said the first Monday night, they started praying, and it, he said it was so rough. Nobody prayed. He was the only one who prayed. Everybody else was like, they were real sheepish, kind of weak Christians, just kind of sitting around, maybe watching him. He sang a song. Nobody's singing with him. Oh, my gosh. I've been there, done that, okay? <laughs> it's rough. You want to quit like five minutes before you went to the meeting. That's how bad it is, okay? So, so basically, he has uh, this horrible meeting, 
He's like, Lord, what in the world? are? This does not make sense. Nobody wants to pray. I'm all by myself. I'm the only one praying here, God. <laughs> I've been there, said that, done that. And the Lord just said, keep doing it. So next day, does the same, same thing. But oh, oh, I forgot one, one detail. He asked everybody at the end because he's knowing, he's, he, the Lord's taught him this process. He's like asking, is anybody showing you anything about what, what he's doing for this move of God he wants to do here in Argentina? And nobody's saying things except for this one shy lady and, uh, who didn't, nobody prayed during the whole time out loud. And she's like, I had this, this strangest, I don't know if this is God, but I've got the strangest desire to go over to that table in the middle of the room and go, like, knock on it. And he's like, okay, well, why don't you go do it? She's like, no, it's stupid. This is foolish. I'm not going to do this. No, and he couldn't convince her to do it. And um, so they did this for day after day after day. Four nights they did this. Okay, and then on that fourth night, and the same thing would happen. This one lady, he would ask after they were done praying, anybody getting anything from the Lord about this specific thing we're targeting? And, um, and, she, and nobody was saying things except for this lady, and she said, yeah, I'm getting the same thing. They go, I'm not going to do it, though. This is crazy. So on the fourth night, this happens every night. On the fourth night, I mean, nobody's praying. Nobody's singing with them. <laughs> And this lady's got this crazy like idea to go knock on a, <laughs> a wooden table in the middle of the room. On the fourth night, he's like, okay, I'm done. I'm sick of this. And I think he was like, maybe at that point, just kind of like, Lord, you got to do something. I'm, I, I'm done with my ideas of trying to make something happen here. And so like, he's like, okay, what if we do this? What if all of us kind of go around and we go knock? Would that make you feel better? And, you know, so he does that. And then the lady's like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll go over and I'll go knock on that. The, uh, the table. So they did. And I want to read to you his firsthand account of what happened. Okay. When her hand hit the table, immediately it was like a rushing wind swept through the room from one corner to the opposite corner. In seconds, the retiring, timid servant, Lass, was on her feet, worshiping the Lord in great ecstasy. Her hands were raised in the air, and her face was transformed. She radiated the joy and glory of the Lord as she spoke in an unknown language. The backslidden, rebellious man, this is one of the other prayer this is his prayer team here, okay, who had consistently resisted the call of God over his life, fell under the table, and there began to, began to worship the Lord in another tongue as the Spirit gave him utterance. His young, reluctant wife, seeing what was taking place with the others, cried out in a loud voice, all timidity now gone. I too, Lord, please don't pass me by. She feared that the Spirit would not bless her. However, in but moments, the river of the Holy Spirit flowed upon her and immersed her in the glory of his presence, and she broke forth in a strange tongue. We did not realize it at the time, but that day was the beginning of the coming of the Holy Spirit, not only to us, but the whole of Argentina. It began an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that in time would reach out into the farthest corners of that great country. An act of simple obedience had been the last key that opened the door that God set in motion that forces to change a vast, idolatrous, unbelieving country and make it into a Christian nation. That the move of God for which so many had prayed had come, faith had triumphed, 
All the prayers, the tears, the longing, and countless hours of wrestling with the enemy had at last prevailed. Faith changed into sight, and many had longed and prayed, yet had not seen. Others had laid down their lives in faith, not having received the promise. Nevertheless, he came just as he has promised. So I just encourage you guys. Think about this story. You had five, three of them reluctant sitting in this prayer meeting. And if you think this is like the only time, read your Bible. Remember Acts? Jesus showed himself to 500 folks, told them, don't go anywhere. We're talking about the resurrected Jesus Christ is standing before you and saying, hey, I just died. I'm alive. Check me out. I've got holes in my hand. Don't go anywhere until you receive power from one high. And like almost all of them didn't hang out. Only 120 of the 500 hung out and received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, received the, that move of God that transformed this world. <laughs> Man, I bet those like, was that, so that, was that 380, right? <laughs> yeah, help me with my math. 380, right? I bet those 380 were like kicking themselves <laughs> after that. Like, Oh my gosh, what was it? But I mean, goodness gracious, Jesus Christ, like inside, like showing himself to you. <laughs> anyway, so the invitation is for us as well. Okay? If you think you're disqualified, if you think uh, you're not spiritual enough, if you think uh, God can't talk to me, He can't speak to me, you're wrong. Don't listen to the punk. He's telling you and he's feeding you a bunch of lies. God wants to use you. God called you here to be part of these promises that he has over this body. You're connected to our body, not by an accident, but you're supposed to participate in this. He's inviting you. And the awesome thing about it is we get to know him in the process. This awesome, beautiful person of Jesus. We get to encounter him. We get to experience him in this process. And then, and then we begin to reap that promise, which I believe is a, is a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit, greater than the Welsh revival. This great catch that the, the nets are going to break, or they might break. <laughs> Hopefully they won't break. We're strengthening our nets right now, hopefully, right? So, um, all right, that's great, Paul. So what do we do with this? How do we practically go from here? Well, this is really, like I said, it's an invitation. Nobody can make you do this. But I feel like the Holy Spirit, he's inviting you to do this practically in your time with him. Okay, so we all have our prayer lists, right? We all go through our, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we have our prayer list with the Lord. When we spend time with the Lord, we go through this, 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 this. I'm encouraging you, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's encouraging you to add this to the list. Ask the Lord, Lord. First off, identify, Lord, thank you for this promise that you want to move in the midst of our body greater than the Welsh revival, and not just our body, this region greater than the Welsh revival. Lord, what is blocking it from happening? What is in the way? 
And when he shows you what that thing is in the way, then you begin to ask him, Lord, what do I do about this block? What, what do I pray? How do I partner with you to see this thing removed, this block removed, so we can actually experience this promise? Okay? And then you begin to pray it out. You pray it back to him. And you begin to pray in the spirit about it. And you just allow the Holy Spirit to give you uh, uh, that, that groaning, that words cannot express, that birthing prayer. I'm telling you, this, this is going to come upon us in a greater measure as time moves forward. You guys, this, some of this stuff's going to happen. You'll be like, what in the world's going on? <laughs> Because like I told you guys last time, the first time I ever was like praying, and I felt like this birthing kind of weird thing. It's like, I was like, man, this is weird, but I know it's you, God. <laughs> Some of this stuff, this is going to, the frequency of this is going to increase. I'm telling you right now. And you guys, I'm just encouraging you to, to partner with the Holy Spirit with it. Allow him to, to work through you, to pray through you, to intercede, to, to remove the blockers. And then to see it come to pass. You know, so just kind of real quick going through here. So we're identifying the promise, the Lord's purpose to move here in North Carolina, greater than the Welsh Revival. Identify the block. Ask the Lord, show me. Show me what's the block. Number three, identify what the Lord's doing. Pray it out. And so, you know, we believe that there is this great move and some of the things the Lord's been showing us as the blockers and some of the things he want, he's doing, and one of them is home group. We've talked about home group. He showed us about nets, to strengthen our nets, to build relationship with one another. So we're practically trying to do some of these things because there are some things the Lord's going to practically show you to do that are going to help to remove the things, the blockers. But he's going to show you things to pray and to target for. And then consistently doing it over and over and over again. Not giving up. Allowing, enjoying this process of getting before God and just coming before him and crying out to him and experiencing his presence, experiencing his power in that time. And not giving up until we see it come to pass. All right. So let's, uh, if, this is, if this is hitting any of you guys, I encourage you. I just feel like there's like this invitation. I know, I know we do this all the time where you're like, let's stand at the end. Of, but I, I really feel like there is kind of like a, uh, an invitation for us to stand. And if this is on our heart, if this is resonating with any of you guys in here, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's inviting you just to kind of stand right now and to just say, yes, Lord, I want this. I want to see your purposes come to pass here in our body, in Wilmington, in my, which is ultimately going to come to pass in my life, which is ultimately going to come to pass in my neighbor's life. So, Lord, we just, Holy Spirit, we just say yes. We say yes, Lord. We want to go after these things that are on your heart from the foundation of the earth, that we are here in Wilmington for no, by no accident, that you want us to be partnering with you to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done on earth in Wilmington as it is in heaven, in the eastern North Carolina as it is in heaven. So we're asking, Father God, we're targeting these, these 
promises, these purposes that you have for us as a corporate body, and we're asking you, Father, to bring them to pass in Jesus' name. And we're asking, and, and Lord, we're saying yes to the invitation to allow you to use us to pray through these things, to partner with you, to see them come to pass. We're inviting you, Holy Spirit, to give us a heart, to give us a burden for these things, these things that burden your heart. Let them burden our heart, God. Holy Spirit, we need you. We don't want to even try to accomplish this without you. We want to partner with you. So come, Holy Spirit. Give us a spirit of prayer and an intercession, Lord. Let it come upon us, Lord. That spirit of travail, let it come upon us. We're inviting you to use us, Lord. We're saying, yes, Lord. Use us. Wake us up in the middle of the night. Lord, burden us with prayer for your purpose, your kingdom to come here. Lord, give us the power and the energy by your Spirit to partner with you in these things. Or we can't do it without you. We don't even want to try. You, you specifically said, not my, by might, by strength, but by power, but by my Spirit. We're saying yes to you, Holy Spirit. Use us. Strengthen us. Give us energy, Lord. Give us the anointing to do this. We need you. We even need your help to pray, God. Let alone, Lord, when you show up and, and the, the masses are coming to you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We love you so much. We love your presence. We know the impact of your presence. How it has transformed our lives. Lord, we want to see our neighbors. We want to see our coworkers. We want to see our family members impacted by your, your presence and by Jesus like you have impacted ours. So, Lord, I just pray that this wouldn't just be like this whatever fickle thing that we do this one Sunday. I pray, Father, that this would be a demarcation of a change in our body, a change in our personal prayer lives with you. In Jesus' name.